All right, looks like we're live. What's going on, everybody? We are back for Saberson's DFS Office Hours. I'm joined here with Jordan. We're reversing roles a little bit today. I'm going to be taking the lead. Uh, Jordan has the uh, nice Friday day off, taking the long weekend tomorrow. So I'm going to be in charge of the reins for the next two days. So bear with me as we uh, kick this off. But um, if you're new to Saberson's DFS Office Hours, this is a Q&A style show where we take questions from viewers live or from our Discord about the product, about strategy, tips and advice, and try and answer them to the best of our ability. So looking forward to getting started today. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm good. And you killed the intro. We're off to off to a good start here. Um, yeah, no, it should be fun. We, we just released our uh, big rules update yesterday. Um, there's a video up on our YouTube channel about that. You probably got a notification at the bottom of your SaberSim app about it as well. So I think we'll have a lot of questions about those new rules here today, but uh, I'm excited to jump in. Yep. So let's get started with a question from Pelu Pelu. I see right here that came in earlier today. Let me just copy and paste this on over. on screen so the question says is there a way to restrict a certain position as a flex for example zero tight end in flex if my projection less than nine so this is an interesting question for us to get started with uh jordan do you have any ideas on this yeah let's let's hop over to the main slate here first um i think this is actually one where i would probably not use the rules um like i would i would probably recommend just managing this post build i think would be the easiest thing to do is you can yeah um there's probably a rule we can set here to do this as well but we just might not need to um so and i think that's an important thing uh, toggle for uh no tight end in the flex we do, yeah. So if you just so in the build settings, you can just turn tight end in flex off. Um, then you would get none. In this case, if you want to do no tight ends in flex that are projected for less than nine points, right. I think yeah. it's a little trickier here. Um, but we can we can take a look at this here. So right, I did forget about the uh, stat requirement that Pelu Pelu mentioned. Yeah, it does. Add, yeah, adds a little bit of complexity there, um, but. It's an interesting week, I think, you know, on this one in particular, too, because I think the tight end position is one of those spots where there's a lot of value. Uh, Tyler Higby and uh, Irv Smith Jr. And, and some of these other guys all project pretty well. So if you head over, if you go to the flex tab here. Mm-hmm. So one thing to note is when you're editing exposures in SaberSim in these tabs, you are you're editing the exposure only for those players in that that tab. So um right. In this case, we don't have any tight ends in flex that are projected for less than nine. So that worked out pretty well. But assuming for whatever reason, you just didn't want to play either of these guys in the tight end in flex spot, you could just X out Higby and Ertz from here, and it would only remove them as a as a flex position player. Um, not would you be able to here. search here? Yep. Yeah, so you can do and that too. See. Yeah, so you can, you can search the position in the search bar and then see what tight ends are coming up and then just zero max exposure them. And that'll only be for the flex position, like Jordan was saying. Yep, exactly. So I think I think that's probably what I would do here is instead of trying to set a rule to like do exactly this, I would just manage this post build and adjust your, your flex tight end exposures after. Um, there, Matt, okay, so Matt in, in chat here chimed in as well. Um, and said you can set their max exposure to zero on the flex tab from the home screen, um, which is a another good idea here. Um, that's right. actually probably could, the best way to do that. Yeah, yeah. And if this is something like you think of after the fact for any position, for any rule or filter, you can always just set set a zero here and then send it send it home. And then now it'll be there. So if you're like going through your running backs and you don't want any like 4k running backs projected under like seven points in your flex then you could do a similar rule if you see fit cool so all right next question right here 
Okay, this one says, Jordan, love the showdown content from two weeks ago on using the 150 lineup output to find unique lineups by feeding popular captains, etc. Can you talk on a single entry a little and what strategies we can use to differentiate our lineups if we are only putting in one lineup, I play FanDuel? Andrew, I'll let, FanDuel. <laughs> I'll let you take the first stab at this one. I'm curious your thoughts yeah. here. A single entry getting unique on a on a, a showdown slate for, for, for FanDuel. So I'd say that it's definitely still something you have to worry about, especially on FanDuel, just because of the positional requirements. Like we talked about, FanDuel only has five positions, as DraftKings has six positions, and then they don't do a uh, salary multiplier in the captain position. But it is something I definitely worry about less in a single entry. I think there's a there's a balance there to playing a good lineup and playing one that has bink equity in like a 200,000 entry tournament where people are 150 maxing. So as far as getting unique, I don't feel like you have to search out those negative correlated lineups as much. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, so I think you make a good point. Smaller field contest, single entry on FanDuel, you're, you're going to have less I mean, there's less lineups in the contest. Your chance of getting duplicated is just going to go down. The, the number of times you're going to get duplicated in your given lineup is going to go down as well. Um, I I would say, you know, what I would do, and it looks like you're getting a build going here, is I would still kind of follow a similar process where I would build a big pool of lineups and make sure that sim precision's on 10, that you're working from single game simulation optimals, which it should be by default. And then I still think it's a good idea. Take the conventional game script, right? Take what take what the chalky game script about the game is going to be and flip it on its head because I think even in a single entry, people are going to overrate the probability of what the chalky game script is. So tonight, for example, we've got two kind of bad teams. It's a windy game. Uh, the running backs and the defenses and the kickers project pretty well. I think that's going to be kind of the co the common lineup constructions. And I think the Browns are going to be pretty like favored in, in lineups. And, and then you can see that's like what we're, that, our Sims agree, right? That's kind of what's coming out here by default. I'll probably go through and try to find like a lineup construction that flips that on its head. Like maybe I can get one where the there's more Steelers than than Browns in the build um, or where I'm fading defenses and kickers or, you know, maybe I'm playing a, a wide receiver at uh, at the MVP slot where I'm getting a little bit different there. Uh, again, I, your, your need to like forcibly get more unique goes down, I think, yeah. uh, here a little bit. But it's still something I want to think about, just just because it's going to diversify you in the in the contest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, well said, and I think that you could go about it from a lot of different ways, either construction or ownership, like just the sign up jumping out with like the one percent owned Anthony Schwartz. Like, yeah, you can always get unique different ways. There's not like one right way to do it. And, and I think that's a good point. You know, when you're just building a single lineup, you can spend a little bit more time looking at these lineups along the right-hand side of your screen and looking for one, like a very specific lineup that stands out to you because it has a really low owned play in there or because there, you know, there it's a different construction. Whereas when I'm, when I'm working with my 150 and, and doing more of the MME kind of stuff, I have to think about it more from the standpoint of exposures and more, you know, broad strokes, just because I can't afford to spot check 150 lineups and make sure they're all exactly the way I want. I do a little bit more from the, the exposure standpoint. So um, with, with just playing a single lineup, I think it does free you up a little bit more to like think about that kind of stuff. Totally agree. All right. Next question we had, and we're going to get to everybody's questions that are coming in in YouTube chat, going through Discord first. So if you're not a member of our Discord, there's a link in the description of every past office hours, and there will be in this one of a uh, link to join the Discord. Yeah, we actually changed that recently. There's a link to join it in the description of this video right now, now. Uh, for a long time, it was something that just got added in after we were done, but now finally managed to figure out how to get that in when we do the live show as well, so. I wasn't 100% sure, so I didn't yeah. wanna throw it out there and be wrong. <laughs> no, we got that We got that fixed. All right, here's another one. This one came in from Moose Crossing 9, and the last one was from Larson. Sorry, Larson, 407, didn't call you out. But this is from Moose Crossing 9, 
And it says, is there a way to manage your showdown lineups by captain? For example, in my lineups where Chubb is my captain, I want Kareem Hunt in 50% of them as a flex. So let's jump back over to DraftKings really quickly. And I know that, man, I've been, like, I've just been running build after build after build with these new rules, Jordan, just like, trying different things and yeah. seeing how we could break stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to run a new one for today, but immediately two things come to mind. One is the filters. So, you know, we just released the new rules dashboard. You could put a rule where, you know, if I have Chubb captain, then don't give me Kareem hunt, but there's no, like, if this, then only give me him, 50% of the time. So that's that's not something that we have built out, but I think it's something that can be achieved through the filters. You can filter to see your Nick Chubb captain lineups, and then you can see flip over to flex and see how many times Kareem Hunt is coming in, and you can go through and trash those if you don't like them. So let's wait for this to finish, and then we can uh, give a little better example of what we're talking about. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. That the, there's not really a very clean way to do this at the moment, where you either filter by a player and then change the exposures within that filter. Um, nor is there a way to set the expo like different exposures for how many lineups you want your groups uh, to to work for. I think that's a pretty you know cool idea, something we could maybe do in the future. Um, but yeah, I think for now the the filters, the direction you're going here, Andrew, would be like a decent way of like at least kind of trying to get a little bit closer there. Um, mm -hmm. so, so right here, we see that we have 55 lineups in our 500 pool that have Nick Chubb captain. So then we'll mm -hmm. click this little plus magnifying icon, and then we can flip over to flex and see how many times each player is being used with him. So in this one, we're seeing that Kareem Hunt is being used in 15 lineups out of the 55 with Nick Chubb. And if we want to get more specific, and see what those lineups look like. We can click the magnifier on Kareem Hunt as well. And then boom, here's our 15 lineups that we were just talking about. So you can go through this and see what are the game scripts where they present as optimal together. So like this one's really interesting with like three running backs. We also have ones where it's like a five stack of the Browns. So I think it's totally okay to filter and say, mm, no, I don't, I don't really want this one. I'm going to throw it in the trash and then that'll never be in your pool lineup. So you'll never get it in your lineups. Or if there's like one you really like, you could, you can lock that in and then that'll always show up in your number of lineups. So this will make sure that this lock button will make sure it always gets into your contests. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And then, you know, if, you, if you're if you playing 20 lineups or so and you want exactly 50% of that combination, then go find 10 you like using the filters, lock them in, and, and you'll then you can figure out the other 10 from there. Um, so. Yeah. Clean that up. All right. Next question from Joe Baby Blue. Let's get this on screen. All right. Joe said, hey, love the new rule edition. Thank you. I think a lot of people do over here. A lot of hype around it. Uh, for group slash auto rules, are the MVP and flex players to select distinct from one another? So this sounds like a FanDuel question. So let's hop back over to FanDuel. And then let's open up our nifty new rules dashboard, add a new rule, and for groups, auto, it says, are the MVP and flex players to select distinct from one another? So the answer would be yes. So you would, you could set a rule for your MVPs, and then you can also set a rule for your flex players, either together or separate. So if you wanted to say, use 
at least one player in the flex whose ownership is less than 5%. You would do that here, and it would only account for players in the flex that are less than 5%. If they're more than 5% owned in the MVP, that's completely separate, and it won't have any effect on this rule specifically. Yeah, one, one thing to add there, at the moment, our ownership isn't separated between the two. Uh, so MVP and, and flex ownership, they'll, they'll say the same. It's basically like a total sum ownership, but it should, uh, the rule should work either way. Like if, if you're grouping out your MVPs, grouping out your flex, and you're saying, if this MVP, then this flex, you, sh you should be able to do all that kind of stuff. Right, and you're referring to the like, if Exactly, then. yep. So if we wanted to say, if I have at least one of where their projection is greater than, we'll change this to projection, pick like the highest projected players. So maybe we do like above 18 or let me sort right here. Yeah, maybe we still do like above 18, greater than 18 projected points. Then we want to make sure that we're getting a little different. I don't know, Jordan, what would you do here? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, okay, so if I, I if you want my honest take on, on NFL showdown in particular, like I'm probably not making rules for me because I, I'm just gonna trust that the the individual sim optimal lineups that are coming out are like the the right constructions. Like I don't want to to necessarily group these things out. I, I mean I do think you know one one rule that, that does make just like some correlation sense would be to say, you know. And, and I would actually probably just do this with a manual rule, but I would say like if Mitch Trubisky MVP, then maybe you do want at least one Steelers pass catcher on the other side. Um, I think that's a, a, a MVP. Um, and Matt, Matt mentioned too, I was a little bit concerned about this as well. He said, just to clarify, uh, I don't believe these rules will work for FanDuel single game at the moment since MVP and flex are treated as the same player. So um, good clarification oh, there. The same player They're the ID. same player ID, yeah. So... Right. Yeah, and and honestly, I would I would maybe I would build your lineups first and see what you can do using just the 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 post build management of exposures, especially for NFL Showdown. Then maybe come back to the rules if you really need them. Um, so that's sounds that's like a handle issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's annoying that they do that. I, I mean, um, I know there's a few things that people have been asking for for a while with the separation of ownership there and some of these rules to work a little more dynamically between MVP and flex. It's, it's on the list for us. It's it's things that we want to add in the future. Um, just kind of a, a really annoying data problem that they assign those IDs the same way. All right. looks like we have a second question right here from Joe Baby Blue. And, and I'm with I'm with Matt right here on this one. Petition to change FanDuel to the DK captain format. Or at least, do they use the same player IDs for uh, their baseball and uh, NBA product, Jordan? Do you know that? No, I, I think it's the same across the board. It's I, mm -hmm. I do like the, uh, the baseball and the basketball one more because they have the additional multiplier spots. I think it makes the game dynamics more interesting, but I think it's still just as much of a pain in the ass on the data side for those. So... <laughs> Okay, so here another one from Joe Baby Blue. For group rule slash automatic, I would like to confirm that after I set my rule and save as manual, I then review how it applies to the slate for each game. I pick and choose which teams I would like to keep the rule for with the check slash uncheck box, correct? So yes, if you come in here and you create a group rule, and let's say you do automatic and i know i, don't I think it might be easier for this one andrew if you want to hop back to the sense, dk right? main slate yeah yeah fanduel is probably fine actually too either way yeah that's exactly what i was going to do or what i was what i was thinking of so group automatic and let's say we use like an if then just for fun so if at least one i'll say at least two so we're doing like a qb stack then i want at least one run back sweet 
So then I can save this as a manual rule, and then I can come in here and open it up, and then I can go team by team and see what this looks like. So if I'm going to be using Ryan Tannehill with Joff and maybe like, I, mean, I don't know why I chose yes. the Titans. Their, <laughs> the offense is terrible. But uh, barely even recognize most of the names. Else. Yeah. But and, yeah, like Tannehill and Burks. I could run it back with like Adams. And then you could decide, like, oh, no, I don't want this rule for the Titans. Like, they're terrible. Then you could either trash it or you could uncheck it. And then the rule will not be implemented in the next build you run. Is that your understanding, Jordan? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a really good way of doing it as well is, is you can build yourself a general rule and then spot check individual teams, uncheck teams if you want, if you also wanted to clean up some of the logic of the rules. There was an example yesterday on the stream where, uh, you know, we were talking about the incorporation of running backs into your stack. That would be something you could go back after and say like, hey, there are some teams I do want that running back in there and others I, I don't. And you could spot check that with the, the manual rule after. So um, yeah, I, I, I think that's like a great way of, of doing it. Right. And then just something we touched on yesterday that I think it's important is that if you do save it as manual rules and you're building for Sunday and you're messing around on Thursday, Friday, when you come back, come in here and hit this refresh button. Mm -hmm. It'll re-update the rule based on new sims that have run, new data, new news that's come out. Since it's not an auto rule, it's not automatically doing that. You just have to come in here and hit that refresh. should be very simple to do. Sweet. All right. Looks like we are... Okay, one more from Joe Baby Blue. But this... In the chat. Any way we can get percentiles as a statistic in the dropdown? So, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we mentioned this to the team, and uh, they are putting that on the list of things to get to for the V2, right? Yep. Should be on the way. So that's something I'm really excited about as well. I, I have some ideas in my head about some, like, 95th percentile rules that I, I kind of want to mess around with. So, um, yeah, should be on the way there. Yeah, we should change the name of the show if we ever do to the 95th percentile stream. We're just a bunch of truthers over here. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good, the 95th percentile. It'd be a good name for a, <laughs> for a DFS podcast. Maybe maybe we do something like that. Office hours is iconic now. We can't change office hours, but maybe if we have another show, we'd call it the 95th right. percentile. Yeah. It's a good one. More content coming down the line. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to some of these comments and questions that were coming in in YouTube chat. Um, Eric, nice to hear that you are getting the hang of it. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to support. But um, I think that the more you use it, the more familiar you'll get with it. Yeah, definitely recommend, you know, if you're if you're watching today, watching the videos that have come out on YouTube, give it a shot if you haven't already, especially for the main slate. Um, build some lineups, maybe, maybe give a shot at a rule if there's something that you want to experiment with. And, you know, last thing you want to do is Try building your first rules for the first time on Sunday morning. We have a uh, question right here. You want you want to take a shot at the name, Jordan? Uh, I maybe Phil like Phil. I don't know Phil Mary Phil something Phil Mary Phil Mary. I don't know. All right, let us well, know how to pronounce that one. Yeah. On a game like tonight. Is it smart to make a rule that forces Chubb or Hunt into every lineup? One of those is going to score, and it seems like an easy way to eliminate so many bad lineups. So, Jordan, uh, I'll let you take it on this one. Rules. You, you already know what I'm going to say, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think I think this would be an important like moment to just kind of remind. And and I, there's another comment I just want to touch on here, like as well. Um, from oh it's fail mary okay oh that makes more sense fail hail mary fail mary okay gotcha. i got it now uh, uh, uncrabby cabby also said something like just curious aren't a lot of those rules inherently baked into the simulations and, and that's kind of like where i'm gonna come from with my answer here that you know like yeah it, it's probably likely 
that Chubb or Hunt ends up in like a lot of the optimal lineups. That is going to naturally be expressed in the Sims already at at the exact rate at which those players are are optimal in the line in the winning lineup, right? Like we know we could say, yeah, it's probably going to happen a lot, but we know for a fact it's not a hundred percent of the time. And you know, I think you could set a rule if you thought. I guess this is the way I would think about it. Do you think the field of people that you're playing against is going to use lineups that feature either Chubb or Hunt less than the rate at which that's an optimal construction, right? Like, is it to your is it to your benefit? Does it make your lineup portfolio more profitable to use them in every lineup? If you think yes, then then maybe it does make sense to add that rule. For me, while I think that is probably a likely outcome. I actually think that this is going to be a very popular direction. I would wager that the field is probably going to over roster this construction. And I'm probably looking to be more on the underside of that. So that's kind of where I sit. I, I think for, for these questions, especially on NFL showdown, I'm probably going to still like stick with the raw Sims a little bit more than setting a lot of groups. But I think in terms of, in, I, I don't want to give you an answer and say, do this tonight. In the way that you think about it, that's the question I would ask yourself. Do I think that the probability of this lineup construction being optimal is higher than the, the percentage of lineups in the contest I'm going to play that have this lineup construction? Right. Couldn't have said it better. And if somebody wanted to make a rule like this, they can easily do that. Come into the lineup rules, add a new rule, add a group, and then make it a manual group. You just go well we're not on the uh right slate but you would put your chub and hunt captains in here put your chub and hunt flexes in here and then i would do like use no more than one and then there's the rule that you talked about for example so all right good question here from manny I love Saberson for years, but all these rules making it more like FC. Give me an example of how to use it for MLB. So I think we should start off this question by saying that the rules are not a necessity. The sim and the models have not changed. This is just so users who want additional control can get additional control. And by no means is this a core requirement for using SaberSim profitably. Would you agree with that, Jordan? Yeah, well said. I, again, I, I think this is an extra layer of control. Um, and I think that's how you should think about it as well. Like the difference here, I, I mean, I'll just like even just flat out say it. On, on Fantasy Cruncher, you have to use rules and you probably have to use a ton of rules to get even anything close to good. That's not the case here, right? Your, your baseline where you start from with SaberSim is going to be so much higher then you can come in after the fact and add in like a very specific, like selectively deployed rule to target a particular lineup construction that you don't like. Whereas on, on, on something like Fantasy Crunch or any other optimizer out there, you have to do every single rule just to even get to the place that Saberson starts you from. So, I mean, I think, you know, it is like FC in that now we have a feature that, that Fantasy Cruncher does, but the way that feature fits into the Saberson process is totally different and, and way more advanced here. So... Right. SaberSim still understands correlation, still understands ownership, still understands a distribution of outcomes, and, and none of that's changed. So I don't think the core principles of SaberSim changed with this update at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, real quick, you want to, you want to, you have any thoughts on this um, MLB part here? Um, a rule for MLB? Uh, I think, I think there's something. I, I said yesterday, and, and I'm going to stick with it. There's there's nothing in my process that I wasn't able to achieve with Saberson the way it was before the rules came out. Is there anything like that that you, yeah. missing, Jordan? I mean, so I so in the video I put out on the YouTube channel yesterday, I showed a rule where I said any player with like low home run probability should be stacked. I actually ran that last night. Um, I kind of liked it. I think that's something that I'll continue to experiment with. Um, obviously, like MLB kind of kind of wrapping up here now a little bit. So I don't know how much more time I'll have to practice at that. But I, I did kind I, I felt like that made my small stacks and my one-offs a little bit more precise in like what I was looking for there. 
Um, but again, that's a situation where like I that's that is something that I've seen about my lineups before that I wanted to change. So I made a rule to target that exact same thing. Like I I think the right way to come at this again and it is not, hey, what rules do I need to make? It's instead study the lineups and ask yourself, like, what do you want to change about them? And is there a rule that you can can accomplish that with? So um, I mean, because ultimately, if there was a rule that we would say you should do this 100% of the time for this sport, no matter what, it will it will be a default setting. It would be something that we automate. So um, I mean, just based on the fact that this is customizable, this is like on a player to player basis means that there's there's not as many of these like totally clean cut. I would do it 100% of the time type rules out there. So right. And, and that does sound like a good rule that you're using. I think that it just in a way, curates your one-offs a little bit, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Okay, we touched on the one from Uncrabby Cabby already. Uh, Fail Mary, we now know how to pronounce that. Awesome, thank you. So if I'm thinking it, so everyone else is. And the Sims do it more naturally, not with my it's gonna happen bias <laughs> yeah so like jordan said we we bake it gets baked into the sim at the rate that it's optimal i think that's a very important concept to understand and then i think it's more important for the user to be like okay so does the field think this is going to happen more than sabersim is telling me that it's going to happen and that is where you get to make those subjective decisions a little art more than science right jordan yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way I, I look at it there. Um, it, and I think that's like a good tool in your in your toolbox to have of like, you know, we're, we'll have another show, we'll have another uh, a showdown slate here Sunday night, right? A, a showdown main slate kind of, I guess. And there'll probably be another situation like this. I think it's I think it's Broncos 49ers on Sunday night. So, you know, depending on the total and the spread of that game, there's probably going to be like some kind of how could this not happen thing right? Like a, a popular chalkier game script. And just kind of, I guess, almost anecdotally, in, in my experience, the field overvalues, the overrates the the actual probability of the it's got to happen thing happening. Um, and I'm, I, I often like to be on the other side of that. So yeah, so do I. So do I. Okay, I see one here from Robbie Morris. Robbie said, if you pick three captains and build 20 lineups for each as a separate build, how would you go about entering them? So, Robbie, if you wanted to build for three captains, I think the easier way to do this would to just pick those three captains on the projection tab. That way you only get those three people as captains as opposed to doing three separate builds. Would, would you do it in a similar way, Jordan? Yeah. Um, so I would, that, yeah. So that's what I would do as well. Like, I think, I don't think there is a need to do these as three separate builds. I would figure out what your three captains are. It do exactly what, what Andrew just showed here and limit your captain pool to those three players, run your lineups, and then adjust your exposures after, because then you'll have just one build that you can just fill into your entries and download from there. Um, we right. don't have a way at the moment to combine lineups from different builds into the same contest. So if you if you want to do that, you'll have to get your hands dirty in the CSVs a little bit. So I, I think I would probably recommend instead trying to do this all in one build where possible. Um, and I see Robbie had followed up here and said, I was suggesting doing separate builds to get more control over flex exposures. I think you'll probably have quite a bit of control still, regardless within a given build. Um, I would, I understand if you don't, and you want to do this with the separate builds. I think you kind of have to, one way you got to make it, you got to, um, I don't know, make a decision one way or the other. If you, it's easier to manage everything, I think, if you do it all in one build. But if you do want like one other extra layer of control, then maybe you do them in separate builds and just get those lineups into your contests manually in the CSV. Yeah, so just to answer your question, Robbie, if you wanted to, you would come here, you would hit this download lineups button, you'll download an Excel file, and then you can open up your blank CSV, copy and paste however many lineups. If you were doing five from this build, 10 from the next, you would 
put those five lineups into your CSV, go to the next build, hit download, put those 10, and then you could uh, save the CSV once it's complete and upload that to DraftKings or Fando. So that's how you would do that. Next question from Samuel. Samuel said, with the new settings, is it better running a 500 pool or 1500 pool for 150 max entries? Um, so my understanding is that the default pool size is still 500 and we still feel like that is the correct number of lineups for to, to start with. And then if you're having trouble meeting your exposures, I would say the next step would be to increase it to 1500, but I don't see why this, uh, change would cause you to need to build more lineups. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is, you know, if you are being very specific with the way you've set up your rules and groups and things like that, you might not need 1500 lineups instead. Like if you're if you're used to building 1500 because you would do a ton of work after the build to get the constructions you want, uh, you might not need 1500 anymore now that you could just set a, a, a rule that like requires all of your lineups are built in a certain way. Um, so... I, one of these is probably not better than the other. I think it really depends still on on how much work you're going to have to do post build to get your lineups where you're happy with. So, right, I, I would um, back that up 100%. I think that makes a lot of sense. Question here from Ryan: Gonna lock button Urias for this LAD uh, Dodgers D back showdown? Showdown MLB's still fun even with NFL back. I would say uh, MLB Showdown season starts in October, right? That's when yeah. uh, the contests get a little bigger and a lot of hype around those playoff games. So good to be uh, sharpening those skills now. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was, I'll probably check out a little bit of Baseball Showdown this, uh, this playoffs. So. Just about caught up in YouTube chat. I don't see anything else coming in in Discord. If anyone has any last questions they want us to get to before we end the stream, we'll give you guys a minute or two. Uh, Jordan, you got any uh, – I mean, I think I already heard your take for tonight about yeah. uh, the uh, your your angle on the running backs. Yeah, I, I we'll see. You know, a lot of times I end up being surprised at the direction I end up taking like i i know that i want to get different and get unique with these showdown builds and then sometimes the way that you know i i intuitively kind of think i'm going to get there on these streams ends up being a little bit different than um what i end up doing in practice um so we'll see how things things come out but i think probably a a, a fade of the defenses uh and being underweight on the running backs is 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 probably where i'm gonna go but we'll, we'll see um it just depends so Quick question right here from Samuel about the uh, star button on the rules. So let me just go back to the front. Okay, so for the lineup and group rules, if you have a star green, then that means that it will automatically be applied when you open up a new slate. Is that under your understanding, Jordan? Yeah, it's a little weird here because we have like specific players for this slate. So I, I think, you know, for I think the the better example here is if you have like a main slate where you've set up an auto rule, like a positional auto rule, if you star that. So you say, you know, for example, uh, anyone that, you know, any lineup that has like a, a wide receiver or something. something like that. Yeah. And, and anything like that, that will carry over. um if you star it and it'll be the most, actually the most important thing is it will carry over and be enabled by default. That's really what the star does. Uh, your stacking rules should carry over or your grouping rules should carry over from slate to slate regardless. So you don't have to remake them every single time you're playing a slate, starring it enables it by default. So. Um, oh, good distinction there. Thank yeah. And, and clarification. He said also meeting the next week and for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm aware, at least for like the same contest style, right? So like if you were looking at a classic NFL slate, those rules should persist to other classic NFL slates. Starring it will enable it by default. Um, so 
quick question here from Daniel. I have seven captains for my 20 max entry, a few captains with one line lineup each. Is that a good strategy for difference in a game where most are going the running back route? I think that diversification is always important, regardless whether you're playing 20 lines, 150 lines, maybe you're playing like a three max. I think there's just a lot of ways that showdowns can go. And I don't think that going all in on one captain just because you're playing less lineups is a good strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. I would say, you know, in terms of like trying to get different than the field, I think it probably depends a little bit more on what captains you're playing here than how many you have, right? Um, I, I think I'm probably a little bit more interested in like what that kind of portfolio looks like. Um, assuming that they're not the chalky running backs, I mean, you're probably getting quite a bit different there as well. Um, I, I, Showdown's interesting because like your your edges, I think sometimes are going to be very thin. Like the the range of profitable lineups, the different lineup constructions that you can make, it's still very very diverse. It's more diverse than people probably think, but it's like a little bit thinner, especially when you start to think about getting unique lineups and then also like um, you know, well, I guess mostly getting unique. So. I, I don't know. I, I think there's, I guess what I'm trying to say is you probably could come up with a very profitable 20 max portfolio with one captain. And you could probably also come up with a very profitable 20 max portfolio where you have seven captains or, or even, you know, 10 captains probably. Um, so I think it depends a little bit on more on like what, what players are those captains? What do the rest of the lineups look like? And, and like, yeah, I guess really what the lineups look like rather than the number of players in in them. And I think, you know, questions like this come in all the time for main slates too, where somebody will will come in and say like, hey, I'm playing 10 quarterbacks on the main slate this weekend. Is that good? And that's kind of hard to answer without knowing what the lineups themselves look like. I mean, assuming that you built them with Sabersim and you just ended up with 10 quarterbacks at the end of that, they're probably good because Sabersim knows how to build good lineups. But Mentally, the thing that you should be thinking about here more, rather than the numbers, rather than the descriptive numbers about your portfolio of like, I have seven captains, I have 10 quarterbacks, I have, I'm stacking five teams. I think it's, I would think more about it from the standpoint of what do the actual lineups look like and how, what, how good are the lineups? Right. I think that's a great way to come about it. I think what I was thinking about when I originally read this question is the way I took it is like, well, yeah, of course you can have a profitable uh, portfolio of 20 lineups with seven captains. And like you said, you could have a profitable or positive EV portfolio of lineups with two captains sometimes, mm -hmm. 10 captains. It's it's a no right answer there sometimes, and it's very slate dependent. Follow-up from Daniel. What is your take on Hunt at captain tonight? Honestly, I haven't um, run enough test builds to know. I'll just uh, take a peek and see what uh, Saberson is telling me here. I think at the end of the day, uh, almost um, most of these higher projected players are, are viable. I don't like to uh, say, like, you must play this person or this guy's like a complete fade. It seems like what I'm seeing right here for Sabersim, Sabersim's a little under on Hunt, but there's no, no reason that he can't be optimal. I mean, he's coming in optimal captain 4% of the time in this 500 pool, and then you could run it again, run it a couple times, and see what Sabersim thinks. So I prefer to trust Sabersim rather than uh, my own takes most of the time. And I, I want to add on to that about like how we're actually coming to that saying, well, we're under on hunt. So because these lineups are built from, so let me start, let me start over from, from the beginning. So Sabersim doesn't just give you average projections, right? The, the, the projections that you are looking at are averages, but they are averages from a full play-by-play -play game sim that we run thousands of times for each game. So yeah, you can see here as, as Andrew brings this up. So we have Kareem Hunt projected at 15.17 at his captain position, right? His full range of outcomes in the sim is represented by this graph. 
And when you build lineups on SaberSim for, for a showdown, for example, uh, we're actually just pulling from those game simulations and building optimals for single game simulations. So if you go back to the exposures here now, when you have this pulled up and Andrew's saying for these 500 lineups, Kareem Hunt is in 4.4 of them at captain, that number basically approximates what percentage of the time do we think he is the optimal captain. And you can see since the field is rostering him or we project the field to roster him at captain at 8.15%, that's kind of how we arrive at saying we're under on Hunt because going back to Fail Mary's question from before, right? This is basically saying Kareem Hunt is less optimal, is optimal captain less often per our Sims than the field is rostering him. Um, and I think that makes sense tonight, right? I think, again, people are going to get in that headspace of play the running backs, play the defenses, play the kickers, um, and, and uh, they're going to be chalky. So, well said, Jordan. And then another follow up here from Samuel Is it better to bump projections on step one or under step three? I would say if you are opinionated about a certain player saying that, no, I think so and so is going to come in way closer to their 75th percentile than their 50th or their 25th, I think the right thing to do is to tell SaberSim that in the projections home tab and then rebuild your lineups from there. Yeah, I, I think ultimately there's probably not a right or wrong way really. Like one one's not really that much better than the other. Um, yeah, I, I e either works, I think. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, like say, say, say I build 20 lineups and I build a pool of 500, right? And then I have a certain exposure to Nick Chubb. If I start bumping this, I'll get more Nick Chubb in my 20, if I set it to 20. So let's let's try to see. So I have one Nick Chubb, right? If I set this to 30 in here, Saber Symbol now reevaluate the lineups that are already built mm -hmm. and then boost the lineups that have Nick Chubb and I'll get more of him in my 20, but the lineups themselves are not being rebuilt. Yeah. Right. So yep. you, you could do that this way, bump the projection and you'll get more Nick Chubb if you're comfortable with the pool of lineups that you're already using. Or if you want Saberson to know that you like Nick Chubb this much, you could put that in the projection. You could even adjust here, send home, and then rebuild it, and then you'll probably get more Nick Chubb out of the gate. Yep, exactly. Okay. Question here from Daniel. How much do you adjust off of the two players to unlock projections? I usually just do the minimum. I'll do like a, like a tenth or a hundredth of a decimal place uh but i i do want to say that it is an opportunity to put your two cents into the slate and say that i think you know pat fryermuth is going to do a little worse today i think donald people jones would do a little better and that just puts some of your own subjective touch onto the uh build before you run it yeah Agreed. If you're asking, like, in the app, how do I unlock the lineups? Any two adjustments is fine, but it is really, you know, where where you can leave a little bit of a mark there on on your lineups. Um, and I, I think like making two productive adjustments is probably the best practice there, especially for a showdown. We're always talking about trying to get unique, play a little bit differently than the field. If you actually do like leave your mark on your lineups in the post build here by making two changes to projections or exposure or something like that, you're, you're going to be the only one to do it in that exact way. And that, that actually does probably help diversify you a little bit more just based on like leaving your actual personal take on it. So. Right. Okay. Follow-up question from Samuel. Follow-up question. Yeah. But since you can only bump from flex, it does change captain MVP. So no difference on step one than step three. So whatever changes you make to a like projection in the flex 
will just be multiplied by 1.5x into the same player's captain projection. Yes. Jordan, am I understanding this? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and vice versa, right? So, like, if you adjust a player at the captain spot, we'll automatically make the the correct adjustment on the other side as well. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't I, I'm not entirely sure what the question is here. Um, but I would I would say I wouldn't worry too much about having to change it in both places because we we do that for you. Right. All right. Any last questions? I'll give you guys another another chance. We got a good little like five, six questions since the last one. But um Jordan, if you want to know my takes on the slate, I think I'm going to be trying out our new rules a little bit. Yep. I'm interested on something we were talking about yesterday with Matt where um, I'm going to be trying to roll where it's uh, D- if I have a Deontay Johnson captain and Mitchell Trubisky in the flex, I want a another flex player under either I'm going back and forth, but like 10 to 15% ownership just because there's only so many spots in this lineup and I want to try and get a little unique. So I'm going to be trying some things out. I'm uh, looking forward to giving it a go. Yeah. And I think if you're, if you're interested in experimenting with the rules here for tonight for an NFL showdown slate, I think that's probably the angle I would probably try to go in is what rules can I make that will help me build a more unique lineup as opposed to what rules can I make that are going to make me more correlated just because that's going to make you like everybody else, right? That's what everybody else, everybody, I mean, you're not the first person to think, well, Deontay Johnson, captain, I better play Mitch Trubisky at the flex, right? So adding in that third player of like must be under 5% owned or something like that, um, I think that's a, a creative one of a, of a good way to get a little unique there. All right. I think that about wraps it up for us. Thank you, everyone who tuned in. And um, make sure to hit that like button and we will see you tomorrow.